Welcome to Tea Talks. I'm your host, Ethan Turr, and my co-host, Timothy Elkana. Tim what up, guys? That's right. We're here to talk to you again, catch up, have fun. And uh, this is it, episode three. If you made it here, you're one of our loyal teeters. Yeah, shout out to our loyal teeters. Been there since, uh, what, beta episode one, two, and three? Uh, and four, when we were at the winery. Not official episodes, but if you, uh, if you donate to our Patreon, we're happy to give you access to those three, uh, maybe even four episodes. Yes, th- those were our pre-publishable, publishable, I can't even say that word, publishable episodes. And uh, we only give it to our, our most generous donors. So we're looking at you, Zoom. <laughs> yeah, just, just give us money. <laughs> we're just looking for some sponsorships. This is uh, all about influencer marketing. You know we're all about that right now. Uh, and while we aren't influencers, uh, we aim to influence your wallets into giving us some money. That's true. Yes, any any amount helps. Sixty nine cents, sixty nine dollars, sixty nine hundred dollars. Just anything in the form of sixty nine would be great. Ethan's um, on a pretty hefty dry spell, so excuse all the <laughs> all the metaphors going on. All right. Well, it is October and it's twenty twenty, so I'm not saying it wrong but i'm not saying you're right either so <laughs> <laughs> speaking of dry spells the white house is getting pretty dry these days in terms of lack of leadership but also covid cases um that was a good segue right tim oh yeah we love politics here mm. <laughs> yeah no it was crazy uh this is so we're in october of 2020 right now recording this and the white house had a super spreader event where a lot of the staffers, including um, was it Hope Hicks, um, like senior advisors to Trump, Trump, Melania, like a lot of people started getting pos- like tested positive for COVID. Um, and so I think that was the perfect end like to this whole Trump 2020 era. It's like if you're writing a book, right? And you start the book with a pandemic, <laughs> right and then there's this horrible like antagonist who isn't doing anything to help and then uh you know you fast forward a bunch of months like many many people have died it's like horrible like whole country is doomed and then right before the election like the full like the story comes full circle where trump himself gets covid i think uh whoever's writing this this like novel about 2020 is like doing a great job um also like what a horrible dystopia we live in right now, right? Now, right? <laughs> Insane, yeah. I mean, this, this antagonistic figure that we have that's supposed to lead our nation is refusing to wear masks, refusing to listen to science or, you know, basic common sense. Uh, and lo and behold, he, he's the one who gets COVID um, and apparently claims he's cured within four days, uh, which, I mean, obviously it takes like, what, two weeks at the minimum to, to get rid of that. Um, it was, it was, that was the craziest part is he got diagnosed for... COVID tested positive, got it, went to the, um, what is it? Medical center, like Reed medical center, like where he was there for maybe what, like two days or something. And then leaves decides against medical advice to go back to the white house. Doesn't wear a mask is like basically the worst super spreader possible. So it's like the exact opposite of leading by example. It's whatever the, what's the opposite of leading by example. It's, it's like, um, is do what I say, not what I do. But then it's don't do what he says or what he does. What he says. Like, <laughs> uh, well, he does talk a lot about grabbing them by the the um, the cats, and so strongly encourage not doing that, or you turn into a Brock Turner type guy. Yeah, it's just just what a great. I think anyone could be president and do a better job than Trump has. So, uh, cheers to us for living through this historic moment where you just feel like anyone can do a better job than our leader. Yeah. And shout out to 2024 when we elect a, a goat as president. A <laughs> goat. Greatest of all time. You mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, uh, we'll resurrect Kobe and put his corpse up on the ballot. You know? Oh my gosh. If shout we, out Lakers. If we had like a Kobe um, hologram that was like powered by AI, that would do a better job than <laughs> you know what running the country with an ai could probably do a better job than a a lot of people (laughs) i think we underestimate like how good these ais are these days like obviously some tasks leave it to humans but 
Come on, man. 90% of the stuff you can automate with AI. Shout out to communism, but instead of it being run by people, run by a computer. Oh, so I think you just it, I think the Matrix, that huh? <laughs> oh, is that the Matrix? I don't think that's... I, I haven't seen the whole series. I've only seen number one, but apparently there's two and three, and uh, apparently two and three are not as good, not nearly as good. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, the Matrix series was fine. I, I don't know how realistic it is, but my comment about communism, though, like I was dead serious about that. <laughs> so, hear hear me out, because I'm gonna get communist shamed right now. All right. But all right. <laughs> the, if you've read the Communist Manifesto, the actual ideas behind the book aren't that extreme, right? It's just saying that like the people should be controlled, controlling like the government, like the ruling class. Um, and so if you had an AI that actually did the leadership behind communism, I, I have a feeling that there'd be less corruption, which happened when we actually tried to make communism a thing in the past. And there was corruption because people were in, were in charge. Do you, do you follow my logic here? Yeah, so yeah. Pe- people are the corrupt problems with communism. But if we remove that problem with uh, like a computer, like there's a potential for it to be a better system. So I just just want to throw that out there for anyone who's like anti-communist, but like not really understanding it. Um, but yeah. Hey man, Andrew uh, Yang, got to vote for him 2024. You know, like this man's talking about rise of the robots, AI, displacing the job market. It's like he knows what he's talking about. We can bring on a new age of you know, higher tier democracy and equity using AI. Yeah. I mean, there are even some like experimental um, like localities that have implemented cryptocurrency as like the foundation for like voting for the economy. And um, they're trying to see if like that would work as a way to actually run a society. Um, So hopefully these things like catch on and become like more mainstream. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be fun. And so that's all that's all future future. But I think right now, one of the pressing concerns we're looking at is 2020 elections. It's October. November's coming up in one month. That means one month left to vote. Lots of props, lots of people uh, and two very interesting candidates. Uh, what are your thoughts on this election, Ethan? I mean, I, I already turned in my ballot. Um, so nice. I got it. I did my vote by mail early. Um, I think, Tim, you said that you also got yours early in the mail. I got mine in the mail, but I haven't done anything with it. It's like sitting on my counter somewhere. Uh, I have yet to vote, but I'm I'm still looking at the California props and unsure that presidential, though, I think it's it's a pretty easy walk-in. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Well, not funny, but the whole ballot is like <laughs> six, six pages. Like, there's so much. It took me like three hours to research every single, like, item on the ballot and then when I got to the president, that was the easiest part. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm voting Biden, uh, Harris for the president. Um, also, Kanye was on the California ballot, um, but not as president, as vice president, which was weird. Who was his president? Who was his running mate? Em- Emmanuel something. I, I never like record. Emmanuel Khan? Um, I don't know. You have, to, you have to check your ballot, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, I didn't vote obviously that would be like a, i might as well just write in bernie at that point uh <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna vote kanye um but yeah that was that was crazy how time consuming it was there were like 16 different propositions that you had to vote on and then there were judges and different um like for me there was the LAUSD. Uh, board members you had to vote on so just like so many random things that I like wasn't thinking about um, and then I had to like do the research and vote it just took forever Jeez, and, w- and when did you vote how, how soon was that I voted I think this week I turned in my ballot so pretty recently nice hey I'm glad you're doing it early you know like one of the things I hear is people like lining up at the last day just to do it and then uh, and then it closes and they can't get their ballots in yeah, I I forget the rules, but I think it's you have 30 days after the election day if you have like a ballot to turn it in, which doesn't make sense to me a whole lot. But uh, it was like you have either 30 days before or after, so like that window of time to turn in your ballots. Um, but they're like, what I was re- like heard is that everyone should turn it in early because 
November 3rd is going to be like a crazy day for people that are like have to count these ballots. So the more additional time you give them, the easier their jobs are. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I've been seeing so many ads too, which is crazy about like, sometimes I just pop open YouTube and I see this ad um, saying like, what is it like dementia Joe? Like what, what is sleepy Joe? Uh, it's all like paid for by obviously the Trump camp. And it's just so funny how they're, these ads are like very blatantly uh, attacky, which I don't think we've seen in previous elections. I think this is, this is a new low in terms of the kind of respect that candidates give each other. Um, Wait, you don't remember 2016? What was you remember? 2016? The whole Hillary lock her up thing. <laughs> it oh, was horrible. Oh. They, no, I mean, I'm saying pre-Trump. He's, he's brought a whole <laughs> new like... <laughs> <laughs> degeneracy to to america which is sad you're talking you're talking like obama versus uh what's his name mccain mccain you know like that was that was an interesting race but it was civil and at the very least we're seeing civility there that's true we we've lost civility i think that's fair to say with this whole election it's kind of sad but um yeah i i don't want to tell anyone how to vote I am a very lefty progressive person. Um, I, I would have voted Bernie if he was an option. <laughs> but um, for anyone out there, I think what's important is to like do your research. Uh, like I use Ballotopedia, which is really helpful for my Facts. research. Um, they tell you things like um, how what campaign financing has done, been done for like propositions. So like for instance, Proposition 22, I think it was, there's like, the most ever fundraised, I think it was, uh, for any like proposition, and it was Uber and all these like giant uh, tech biz like companies that have like the ride sharing. Um, and they were fundraising yes on twenty two, and then there's like a very small flip like sliver of fundraising for no on twenty two, and so I had to like look into this, and most of my friends on like Facebook were saying uh, to vote no. And it was, I'd never like seen anything like so like ob obtusely like pro something like that, like where companies like obviously have a vested interest in the proposition passing. Um, so that, that was probably going to be the most con controversial one that's yeah. on the ballot. What, what do you think about that proposition, Tim? Oh, Prop 22. It's interesting. I was, uh, I was on the no camp for a bit. Um, because obviously I looked at the, the Ballotpedia donor list. It's Lyft, Uber, DoorDash, a lot of these companies who are on that. Um, but then I really dive deeper and I start talking to some of the drivers, um, which I actually went out and tried doing. Uh, I think the, the general consensus is, uh, at least from the business operation side, is it's going to be really hard to maintain Uber, Lyft, and a lot of these uh, gig economy jobs uh, if this is passed. Um, I don't know if the answer is you know, stay as contractors, because there's a lot of things missing about that. I think 20% of the population of gig workers is going to be really benefited um, if 22 uh, doesn't pass. Um, but if it's a yes on 22, I think, I think a lot of the people are able to, you know, maintain this part gig, part lifestyle um, sort of job. And I think there should be like a third classification, not contractor, not employee, but gig worker. Um, and it can have its own protections, uh, insurance, obviously, and all that stuff. Um, but without all the limitations that uh, that like a full-time job would have. Um, I think on the consumer, it's it's not that great also uh, in terms of saying no to 22 and making everyone full-time. Um, and that's just because I think operation costs are just going to be so ridiculously high. Uh, and what that means is Uber and Lyft are going to get to only employ a lot less people. So yeah, while well, those people will, you know, do well financially, financially a little bit better than now, um, and they'll have protections and whatnot. Uh, there's a stark number of people who won't be able to be employed by Uber and Lyft anymore as contractors, and I think those people are going to be hurt. Um, so I think while it does help some people, it also hurts. Uh, and maybe the best resolution might be to find a third category, which is like the gig worker, so they can all stay doing their their flexible uh, jobs but they obviously like get the protections necessary as uh, like insurance, legal, all that stuff. Um, yeah. That's just my two cents, you know, I'd say do your reading. I'd say talk to some gig workers. I'd say, uh, you know, try gig working. Maybe not right now, not, not a good time to be gig working. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of interesting opinions on that one. But either way, I think, 
I think we'll see th- this. It won't end here. So something interesting to add on to that, Tim, is that a lot of these propositions that we're voting on oversimplify these very big issues that have a lot of like nuance in between them. So you're voting yes or no on something when in reality, it's not that simple. So like take proposition 22. um, One of the things that like one of the benefits you get as an employee of a company is healthcare. Right. And so that's really important and expensive for a lot of people. Um, But why is it here's a, here's like take a step back for a second. Why is it that companies have to provide healthcare to their uh, employees? Why can't the government provide healthcare for everyone? And then you don't have to worry about healthcare. And then you, you're able to have the flexibility of a gig economy job without worrying about getting sick and going into medical debt. You know, know what I mean? Facts. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm 100% there with you. I think, uh, I think a lot of these challenges are caused by the poor healthcare situation going on right now. I think there's a very clear alternative that's like, yeah, make it universal. You know, it's not only is it an ethics argument, it's just a practicality argument. Um, And obviously there's an argument that people are saying, oh, government doesn't do well, manage it. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, look at DMV, but also look at the great ways they they operate in a lot of other areas. Like VA is not a good example. DMV is not a good example, but give this to the government and, you know, it, it alleviates a lot of this like private player sort of BS going on right now. When people say things like that, I feel like they assume that like the government is going to like all of a sudden run a hospital, like hospitals are already in place. Right. Right. And so all the government does is they fund hospitals. You know what I mean? Like, so the administration isn't going to change. What changes is the insurance companies, all of the bullshit, like overpricing of drugs. Um, There's like a lot of middleman, like BS that goes on with the healthcare system. And so if the government steps in, they just like are limiting a lot of the middleman BS. And so it's not like the operational stuff changes necessarily. It's the incentives behind the operation that change. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I feel a little guilty because I was just doing some of the uh, market access work for <laughs> for pharma, <laughs> um, which is fun <laughs> in its own right. Yeah. KYS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, basically all these... All, all these companies looking for ways to like justify why they charge these high rates for, for drugs and whatnot. Uh, insulin being obviously like a ridiculous example. Um, but yeah, man, like I I'm, I'm a yes on 22, but uh, I'm also a yes on healthcare. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that changes the gig economy system. Um, another proposition that was like debatable was about um, cash bail in the California Ooh, okay. I know nothing about this. Can you give me like a, an overview of this? Yeah, I wish I had like the actual proposition in front of me to like read it. But the, the simple overview was that um, cash bail is like an immoral system where, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but like if you, let's say you rob a place, right? And so you go to jail and then you have to post bail the bail could be way more than anything that you like robbed. Right. So it could be like $10,000. And if you don't have $10,000, then you have to wait in jail until you can get um, seen by a judge, right. In court. And so that whole system of not being rich enough to post bail is very discriminatory to poor families, but also primarily minorities because that's what, that's who is affected by cash bail system. Um, so rich people who have to post like a million dollars, let's say, like that doesn't really affect them because they're rich. And so it really favors like the, or it makes the class system like a problem within the criminal justice system, if if that makes sense to you. Um, so the proposition eliminates cash bail, but instead it replaces it with like an AI that determines who is worthy of being released based off of like their criminal behavior. So that on paper sounds okay, right? Like, all right, well, we're eliminating a bad system. And when we're going to try this new system, that's AI based, but I was told to vote no on that proposition. And the reason why is because um, that would also be discriminatory, right? So it's like the same problem. You're moving a problem of like cash bail into an AI and it's not necessarily solving it. So then why would you implement that 
change if it's not going to actually fix the problem. So that that was like my two cents of why I voted no on that proposition. Wow, yeah, that's really interesting. So is a no vote basically keep cash bail? Yes. Yeah, no vote would keep it. And then a yes vote would change the whole system. Gotcha. And it's this is an AI system? Like who runs the AI? Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't really share that part on the proposition. It just says like it's government AI something. Um, and there wasn't really any data on like if it's effective or it, it just felt like um, – you're, you're ending one problem and then you're potentially starting a whole new problem with like other unintended consequences, you know? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Huh? I, I, I mean, given that information, I think I'm a, I'm a no, like eliminating cash bail, I think like makes sense. Right. But if the alternative is using AI, there's a whole slew of issues, like so many, so many reports on like AI discrimination and how it shouldn't be used specifically for bail. Um, so that's crazy. Maybe there's like an alternative way to do this aside from like an AI, like, flight risk or whatever whatever analysis they have yeah this is just my problem with propositions is that yes you're trying to like make a big change but turning it into a yes or no problem isn't necessarily the best way to go about it you know right and you know what this is not unique to i think like 22 or the the bail one i have a my team uh on my project right now is doing some like research and props uh and the first one we targeted was uh, stem cell research mm-hmm. uh, stem on the surface really boring I mean when you dig into it honestly it's really boring also but one of the cool things about this one is uh, on the surface it's all about like should we fund it should we not it's a yes or it's a no um, but you look deeper and all these regulations within are about how how is this governed how is the research governed what kind of research is allowed like how many seats are allocated to this sort of like overseer board um, where do those seats come from like how are they operated so a lot of these different things are added onto it. And I think it's I, it's really confusing because why don't they just do this in the first place? Why don't they just have an internal board that makes all these decisions about like operations? Why, did, why let us do it? Uh, the funding I understand, but like all these hidden things that are associated with the ballot, you know, it's it's crazy. There's just so much that we don't know. Yeah, I, I, I looked into that one too. For, for a lot of these propositions that I looked into, um one of the main concerns that i had was like does it raise taxes you know because money doesn't just come out of nowhere (laughs) you have to like see if uh this proposition is going to raise like taxes on the rich or is it based off of um, income tax or something like that and so for the stem cell research one i think they had to release bonds or something and uh it said there was no tax impact but that was because there was already a proposition passed and so this would like continue the taxes that of the previous proposition. So there's just like, from my, from my perspective, it was, you know, is this worth it? Is it going to increase my taxes? Um, if it does increase my taxes, like what, what benefit would it have to society? And so for the stem cell one, I don't think it was worth it. Um, but I could be wrong there. I honestly, I don't know much about stem cell research, but, it just sounded like a lot of money for something that um, didn't really do a good job justifying the costs, you know? Yeah, that's also what I read also. Um, a lot of stuff around, like right now we're in the middle of a recession, like why spend money on stem cell? Like, uh, So, and you know, that the stuff does make sense. Like if it could go to like a small business owner helping, um, R&D is always the first stuff that gets cut. And I think it makes sense in this case also. Yeah. Another interesting thing I found when uh, I was doing research on these propositions is that on Ballotpedia, it says who like has endorsed that proposition, the yes or no position of it. And so it it was interesting to see how the party like fell in line between a yes or no vote. So I think for stem cells, the Democrats were like, yes, vote yes on it. And then I would have known. So I felt like I was aligned with Republicans and I was like, I don't know if I like this feeling <laughs> of voting with Republicans. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it was just another interesting part about like this proposition thing, especially because there were so many of them to vote on um, how Democrats or Republicans voted. Um, another example was like the cash bail system one, the ACLVU voted no on it. So I felt like more justified Cause I was like, all right, if this group of people that is supposed to promote, um, you know, 
the rights of people that are like discriminated against, if they're voting no on it, then that means I'm probably aligned morally on this proposition. Yeah, that's a big one. ACLU voted no. Okay. Wow. And you know what? It makes sense because replacing it with an AI, that's that's an awful thing to do. That's how you get things like Cyberpunk 2077. That's how you get Minority Report, you know, like all these dystopias that we read about. Um, right. But I want to jump back actually to what you said about like the voter guides, because one of my coworkers just got a voter guide in the mail. Um, apparently he was like, oh, I guess someone in my house is Republican because uh, they got a Republican voting guide for, for how to vote. Um, and it's just so interesting how, like you you mentioned the Democrat version, like um, vote yes on, I forgot, stem cell research. But yeah. you as a, as a pretty strong Democrat don't believe that. Um, it just shows that a lot of these issues are nuanced, like, and having only two parties to pick from with very different viewpoints and hundred, if you're with us, you're with us. If you're not, you're not with us sort of mindset. I feel like that's, that's really, you know, making this a, a worse situation. Yeah. It, it's because of like the state of America and how we're so polarized right now, where like you have, you're either Democrat or Republican and there's no room in between. Um, so the two party system has really failed us in that respect where you can't even like think outside of your bubble, but then propositions take these issues that aren't necessarily these two sided. I mean, it's yes or no, but you know, it's not necessarily Democrat or Republican. Right. And so that's where it becomes interesting to see where people fall that way. Like yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always curious. And I think California is in an interesting spot too. Um, because apparently I heard that we were denied like federal relief or something like that, um, which is really gonna gonna hurt our state, obviously. And so it's a little bit of pressure from the federal government saying better step in line. Was that in response to the fires or is that something else? I think that was the fires. I just saw the headline and pretended like I knew the entire concept. <laughs> it's all right. I, I also do my research based on headlines. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Reddit, let me tell you. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, all right. So, but yeah, that was the proposition thing. I I think we kind of did a good job like explaining our, do you have any other props that you want to talk about or was, is that good enough for you? Yeah. I'm not too passionate about the other props. I'd say just as a final nod to the elections and all that, just do your research. Uh, Like always, always like understand like who backs what and why. Like Uber, Lyft, why are they backing this? Uh, and then uh, like stem cell or, or the criminal one, why is the ACLU like saying no to that? Um, understanding all that stuff and not just taking things at fa- face value, I think is important. Um, so yeah, let's, let's all just be ed- educated. Uh, we're, we're better than uh, a no-brainers. We're, we're teeters. So <laughs> all you listeners out there, stay That's smart. Right. We got our woke audience. Um, I want to add also... Just um, if you have trouble, like also it's a lot of information. So if you're having trouble, like figuring out like who to vote for, there are a lot of really good voter guides out there. I know Tim mentioned one for like Republicans, but there are actually a lot of ones out there for Democrats and lefty people as well. Um, I was referring to like the progressive voter guide, I think was what it was called. Um, And so they just like basically tell you how that, group of people would vote for like the X candidate or X proposition. Um, and so you should try to find a voter guide that like suits your ideology. Cause it might help you to not feel so overwhelmed because it's very overwhelming and intimidating to get like a packet like this in the mail and then feeling like you have to do research on every single thing, you know? Yeah. There's a lot to learn. And so I think, uh, I think finding a resource to help you with that will definitely help. Cool. All right, let's let's change from this like heavy topic to something a little more lighthearted. All right. You wanna, you wanna play a game? To... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. go. What game are we talking about? Are we talking Among Us? Let's play a game. Um, that was my jigsaw <laughs> impression. That's a pretty awful uh, impression. Thank you. I haven't, seen that I haven't seen that movie in a while. Um, I was actually thinking of Would You Rather? It's a classic, classic game. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, the premise is that I give you two scenarios and you have to tell me which one you would rather do and why. Okay. 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 Let's see. Um, 
so we we're pretty political so i'm gonna say uh would you rather have trump <laughs> be reelected for another four years okay or or be in a coma for the next four years <laughs> <laughs> So it's, is it like a, this is like a be selfish and save, be selfish or save the nation. That's basically the question, right? Yeah. You want to take one for the team, but like miss out on the next four years or live in a, and live in another four years of chaos. Like we have. Bro, I'm 24. I, I think I'd rather live till 28 instead of seeing the twenties go by. So I, I apologize, America. You're stuck with uh, the, the goat uh, once again. So I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose Trump over uh, coma. Wow, you hear that today, Teeters? Tim endorses Trump. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put, put that on a shirt somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, I wasn't expecting you to choose that. All right. Wow. I'm, I'm selfish in that regard. But what about you? What, what do you pick? Uh, I choose coma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that way, like. I mean, everyone will like have their lives for like the next four years, but then I'll wake up and like, I wouldn't even notice that four years have passed. So in the sense, I'll still feel like I'm 24, you know, <laughs> like, and also like, I don't know, maybe coma, like it might be pretty relaxing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hear you live the entire coma. Like if you get into a coma, you can still feel it. You can still hear, you can feel the tube down your throat. You can feel when the nurse is talking trash about you behind your back. You know, you can feel as your family like watches your dead body go away, and they and they debate about pulling you out the plug like two years in. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm also like praised for my saving them of Trump. So maybe I have like a shrine dedicated to me. Also, like that'd be nice. Ooh, w- will people know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think so. You you get like the fame of like not having the whole world endure Trump for another four years. So Dude, that, that might know, change my response. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you endorse Trump. Remember, you can't go back. <laughs> all right. All right. Fine. I'll have to vote Republican this time. <laughs> uh, okay. That, that, I think that was a pretty good starting point for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Trump 2020. Second question. Um, would you rather, uh, be stuck in a small room so you're lying down like a coffin you're you're in like one of the vampire style coffins and then there are tons of daddy long legs like just pouring into the coffin and you can feel them crawling all over your body you're you're not naked by the way you got clothes on but they're not super tight they're just like regular clothes so they're everywhere they're in they're out bunch of daddy long legs by the way they can't bite you not poisonous they're just nasty Mm. or or you don't have to lie in the coffin, but you have to eat a coffin full of them. You can like cook them and stuff, but like you got to eat them. It's either I lie. How long do I have to lie in them? Uh, like 24 hours. So I, I feel like the spider part isn't bothering me. It's just being stuck. They're in daddy the long legs. They're not spiders. Okay, fine. The daddy long legs. Uh, They're harvesters. Stuck in, stuck in a coffin for 24 hours is more... Um, and then, wait, I have to eat a coffin full of daddy long legs otherwise? Yeah, man. Life size. Do I not have to eat a single one if I'm stuck in the coffin? I mean, you might accidentally open your mouth and let one slip by, but no, you don't You don't have to eat one. But, I mean, unless you want to. I, I hate both of these options. <laughs> <laughs> like, like both, I hate them both with a passion. <laughs> uh, hey, they're not spiders. They're just daddy long legs. I know. The the vegan in me is like you can't eat them. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, I I guess being stuck in a coffin for twenty four hours isn't the worst thing. Um, I'm gonna choose that one. <laughs> oh, that's so wholesome of you. You're prioritizing the animals. I like it. Yeah. What What about you? I'm I'm gonna eat them. I'll eat them. I'll fry them, dog. Like I'll I'll. Well, they're all dead, right? And so like I'll just like roast them i'll like deep fry batter them we'll make tempura we'll throw a party like except the party's only for me i'll like eat the tempura Hmm. spider tempura well so far we haven't been in the on the same like same answer for any of these options so this is i like this game that we're getting somewhere interesting (laughs) let's see all right oh for two 
would you rather get stuck in like the woods, like the wilderness for a week? Um, so you have to survive like Bear grills, or let's see what's good or um, or be stranded in the middle of the ocean for a week. So both of them, you have to survive and you don't know if you're going to live. But the question is, like, which environment would you choose? The forest or the ocean? Like, you mean ocean, like open ocean, life of pie, or it's like on the beach? Yeah, open ocean. I mean, clearly the forest. I feel like <laughs> the, the open ocean is not a safe place. Like, you'd be treading water the entire time. Like, OK, hold on, hold on. Do you have a boat? Are you like on a boat? Are you on a raft? Yeah, you can have like a, a small boat, but no, no like amenities. Like it's not like a yacht. This is like a like life of pie, like you said, like a rowboat. Do you have a tiger with you? Um, no, I think I think surviving in the open ocean is bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm gonna have to go forest. I feel like forest. There's just so much more opportunity to survive. It's like open ocean. What do you do? Like you can't even fish. You're sitting in the open ocean. You're dying. You can't drink. You can't eat. It's like a death sentence. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's more predators like bears and like mountain lions. Stuff we like survived that. a bear. Yeah, but like, all right, fine. All right, so you choose wilderness. <laughs> I'm, I'm forest. What about you? Yeah, I think I think I'll have to choose like woods also. It but, sounded like you were going to go to ocean for a second. Well, I don't know. For me, it would be like the shade would suck. If if I like was like burning a lot, like I had the water around me, but I couldn't drink it. And then I had the sun like beaming down on me. Like that would be just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not and like you can't eat fish. Yeah, this is like one of those stuck on an island scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that, that'd be pretty awful to get stranded in, in the middle of water. Yeah. All it takes is one wave and then no more boat. <laughs> no more boat. All right. That wasn't a very good one. I, I, I'll think of a better one next time. Okay, then what, what would you rather... Um, so I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan. Would you rather see season seven and eight remade in like the best possible ending that you could think of, like whether that's like John and Danny like lose the fight up in the north and then have to go down to King's Landing, take out Cersei, then prepare for the White Walkers as they march from the north, something like that. Or would you prefer that Breaking Bad was extended, like maybe it had like two more seasons in the middle of it before it got to like season five? It's actually hey, pretty hard. Shout out to all our teeters who don't watch either of these shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you watch the, if you're listening to us, you should definitely watch both of these shows. Yeah. Um, and congrats on having a life. I I feel like Breaking Bad was like perfect. You know, like I don't really feel like I need to change. Like I guess extending it would feel good, but I don't think it would be as perfect necessarily. Um, especially seeing how like El Camino, the movie, and like like extension that, that way like didn't really work yeah um, so i'm gonna say game of thrones fixing the ending i think we make a lot of people happy also <laughs> so, um also there's better call Saul, which is like an extension like a prequel that i enjoy so i'm That's gonna fix, i'm gonna fix game of thrones um and how i would do that so here's here's the how i'd fix game of thrones okay so the White Walkers was like this giant buildup and then it just fails, right? Because of season eight. So I would need them to be a more, like a bigger enemy. And then I would need like more mystical um, opponents to that enemy. So White Walkers versus Bran and like the Children of the Forest or whatever. Um, and like whoever else, like that old lady, what's her name? Like the redhead. Like I need them to join forces to take on the White Walkers. And then while that's happening, Daenerys takes over King's Landing, so defeats Cersei because she's like a true opponent, you know. 
Yeah. Whereas like in the season eight, like she wasn't a very true opponent. And so there needs to be an actual battle there. And then the winner of that battle, they both join forces and then take on the white walkers with Bran. So Bran and like that group of like mystical people, they hold off the white walkers so that Daenerys can win King's Landing. And then everyone joins forces against the white walkers at the end. And that's the ultimate battle. And then uh, Daenerys loses. So she gets killed on like the last dragon, Drogon, comes back as a White Walker, kills the White Walkers as a White Walker, and then spends the rest of her days like in the north um, with her like dead dragons, undead dragons. And then (laughs) Jon Snow rules King's Landing as the proper king. Um, And then Bran is like, you know, doing his thing with. uh, He's telling stories. Yeah. So you're welcome. I just fixed game like Game of Thrones for you. Game, like Daenerys is dead, but like she needs to be like a good dead person, like away from everyone. Um, and then John gets to rule everything, and then Bran is just like doing whatever he does, but like actually had a good purpose. Whereas in our current situation, the purpose just fucking sucked. Like everything sucked. So yeah, <laughs> that's how I would fix it. What do you Boom, think? There you go. There you go, fans. What, do you have anything you want to add there? You, you watch the show, right? Yeah, I, I like that ending. I I would I would take a little. I would say, have them lose first. I think having like John and Danny up in the north and like Bran and the mystical like creatures of the forest and all coming out like Children of the Forest, Three Eyed Raven, all that. I I think having them lose up in north, but like obviously most of them survive. Like Theon, bye bye. Like Arya, I don't know. Arya's like. I wish she did more like faceless man stuff. Like she didn't really explore that as much as I hoped. Um, but like they lose up north, Winterfell is taken, winter has come. And then they go south, they go to King's Landing, they gotta take out Cersei, they gotta deal with the issues down there. And then they all have to everyone has to team up and like gear up for the White Walkers at the end. I think that's like that's like my ending. But I would that, go for Game of Thrones. That's what it was missing. It was like Avengers. Like you have like the giant team up, right? Where yeah. You have- all the good people versus all the bad people like they didn't have that and so it just like kind of fell flat with like well this isn't avengers but still we needed more um of a build-up to like an ultimate fight scene whereas the white walkers lost too easily and then it just all went downhill from there right like even the white walker loss was like kind of disappointing you know like Arya, we never you know we never saw how Arya got behind them she didn't use faceless man skills or anything like, even if we saw that, I think, like, a, a bit of the audience would have been appeased, but none, none at all. Yeah. Maybe we should be Dave and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear uh, I hear nobody likes him in Hollywood anymore. Oh, really? Uh, apparently. Like, I don't have the inside scoop. I don't know. I'm not in the media industry, but I hear people don't like him. I mean, it's it's a hard show to end. Like, I don't blame them for, like, watching it. But at the same time, like, I can see why people don't like the ending. Like, like, why do you think George R. R. Martin has taken so long to write these books? It's because it's just an impossible show to, like, end in a satisfying way. Like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it sucks. But we, we've moved on, right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, man. I'm about to go home and read, like, all my Game of Thrones fan fictions now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right. Speaking of fan fictions, um, so would you rather have Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality implemented into like a full movie series or something like a trilogy, maybe? Because um, it's like too long to do one movie. Maybe a TV show, like a like a one season like TV show that does a like amazing job, or would you have Ready Player One created in the same like movie series, but actually does an amazing job like compared to the books? So you have to choose between like Ready Player One, which like the movie sucked, and the book did like an amazing job, or um, the fan fiction of Harry Potter, which did an amazing job, but there is no like movie adoption format for it. That's a that's a really good one. <laughs> um... Oh, and for anyone listening who hasn't read Harry Potter's and the Methods of Rationality, it's basically a fan fiction, which is a fan took the world to Harry Potter and decided to make a, their own series about it, like write about it. Um, and in this, Harry is raised by like scientific parents instead of his his aunt and uncle. 
so he grows up as like a scientist and then gets into the wizarding world. And so he approaches things with a more like rational mindset. Like he has like, you know, frameworks coming into every discussion. So it's interesting. Yeah, I loved it. I've read it twice now. <laughs> Ooh, it's me too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We should um, have a whole podcast dedicated to that fan fiction. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That, I'd be down. We got to read, we got to reread it. A book club. I did a, I, there's actually an audio version of it. So I listened to the audio version the second time. Um, Wait, isn't it a fanfic? Yeah, they, they created it into a podcast series. So Oh my God, that's so thing. funny. Yeah. Um, but it's like over a hundred hours. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, it's a long, it's a really, really long book. Yeah, it's basically all seven Harry Potter movies or eight, eight movies, seven books into one fan fiction it's like amazing like they did an amazing job with that story yeah that's crazy um dude i don't know um i i, I would say probably the harry potter one because i think ready player one like it's i think it, it was hard to turn all that stuff into a movie i don't know how how well like another movie except like redoing it and making it right would work like that's a lot of content like in ready player one Yeah. I, I would go Harry Potter. What about you? The The reason I used Ready Player One as an example is because remember when I, I had to read that book, like someone in our like friend group in college introduced it to me. Shout out to Slater. I, I think Katie actually told me about it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And then I read the book and it was like right before finals and I couldn't stop reading the book. And so I decided to not study for finals that quarter and instead finish the Ready Player One book. So oh, like, Jesus. I know. And then for me, like Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, I read that one while I was traveling in Europe. And I just remember thinking like, this is amazing. And I like, instead of sleeping on the bus and like catching up on sleep, I was reading this fucking book online. Um, on my <laughs> so both of them were like amazing stories. I think I would like Harry Potter is just like so overdone. Like that's my thing. Uh, yeah. Ready Player One. I don't know. I th no. You know what? I think I'm gonna choose Ready Player One, just because Harry Potter. Like it's a child actor still, and I don't think a child actor would do a good job with um, this content. Oh, that's it's a like, really good point. Basically, Harry Potter is like Stewie Griffin. Like that's the way I see it. It's like it's, like, <laughs> it's like a very small child who has like the intelligence of like like Albert Einstein or something. And I just don't see a child actor playing that role well in a movie. Whereas Ready Player One, there was so much they left out in the book and changed that like made it feel like it wasn't the same story. And I'm sure they could do a good job if they like had more time with it and more episodes or something, you know. I see that. I see that. Yeah, I, I may have to revise my decision. I think that makes sense. It's like the child actor, that'd be kind of weird, you know, like it just come off as like a really cocky like child. It'd be like young Sheldon. We don't want to see young Sheldon. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something to think about. All right. <laughs> this is actually really fun. <laughs> I've enjoyed yeah. these. Um, it's a good one. Should we, should we end there? Or do you want to keep going? Yeah, I think it was good. What do we have any other topics we want to we want to broach today? Broach. Um, let's see. There's oh, I did want to talk about like 2020 birthdays. Um, I feel like that's relevant, like to everyone, you know. Yeah. So the my my problem with 2020 birthdays is that at first it was like endearing to have like a socially distant birthday. Where like maybe you say hi to people on Zoom, and then they do like the car caravan thing, and now at like October of 2020, it just feels like everything has been done, right? So there aren't any like new surprising fun ideas for staying socially distant, and so either you repeat the same things that everyone else is doing, or you just accept that like it just sucks, <laughs> or the option three is you have one of these COVID parties. <laughs> which like everyone gets COVID because they're not actually staying socially distanced. 
Um, oh no! I just feel like this whole like 2020 situation has turned birthdays into like this horrible like like you're restricted so much that it's not even fun anymore. You know? Yeah, I feel you on that. It's it just becomes a hassle, you know, and like having a you know, like thank everyone if they wish you or whatever people are saying like oh yeah what'd you do i'm like oh yeah dude i had dinner and i chilled like stuff like that you know it's 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 an interesting time but i do you know anyone who's like had an interesting like 2020 birthday have they done anything fun i mean the only birthdays i've been a part of this year have been like my family i think so i like we've try to modify the house to turn into like a party room and then we have like presents and like gifts and i mean my brother and sister both said that they enjoyed it but i'm sure they would have also enjoyed to be with their friends you know yeah so like i'm planning my mom's birthday right now she like turns 60 on november 3rd and that's like two weeks away and i'm just kind of feeling like there's nothing i can do that's going to make her happy it sucks <laughs> You know, um, like everything I could think of is already like done in the past. And other than like going out for dinner, like I just feel like 60 is like a big deal, you know, so you're supposed to try harder, but I don't, I feel like I'm so restricted that there's just no good option left. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, do you, I mean, you can do something you've done before, right? Or like you can do something other people have done. It doesn't have to be like purely original. Yeah, I don't know. It just have have you had any like issues like that, or did you celebrate birthdays or like felt like kind of awkward? <laughs> I think well, with my family, I think it's easy. We just like go out to lunch or we go out to dinner. We like pick a nice spot outside. Um, so wherever like has outdoor dining, we just like go and then we grab food. Um, so I, at least on my end, it's just, it feels a little bit simpler, but maybe that's like my family traditions are, are a little simpler in that regard. Yeah. But I've seen other people, like one of the cool things that, that I've heard of was um, um, take basically like your family, like you do your thing with your family and then uh, all your friends invite you to like, a, like a, the backyard barbecue, but it's obviously socially distanced. Like everyone's like popping drinks and whatnot, but you know, you're not, you're not getting sloshed with your friends. Like if you can't like be six feet within them. So it's one alternative, but it seems pretty interesting. It's better than like not doing anything, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I, I feel like everyone is in the same boat. So it's not like that it doesn't feel like, Oh no, like my birthday sucks. And like everyone else is doing amazing, you know, like so all these least... birthdays suck, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, aren't you turning, like, 24 this year? Yeah, yeah. Like, how, like what, what do you feel about that? Like, are you looking forward to that, or does it also not feel great? Yeah, so it's, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I, I so this year, I didn't really advertise my birthday, so I didn't tell anyone. Um, some people, like, inevitably found out. They went on Facebook. It's only, like, family friends who I've never, ever talked to. It's, like, they all are, are like family friends. So I just like have to say like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but like, no, I, I didn't make it public. I didn't advertise to anyone. Like it's just very low key. Cause I don't want the burden of like having to do something, you know, there's the expectation of needing to, to celebrate. Um, but I just want to chill. Like, it's every other day to me. Like I can celebrate next year, for example. Did I miss your birthday? Is that what we're just talking? <laughs> my, my birthday was like last month. <laughs> Fuck me. Dude, no, I, I didn't advertise it for a reason. Like, it's no worries at all. Like, I, I didn't tell people, like, on purpose. Like, I don't want, I don't need people, like, you know, wishing me happy birthday. I'm not a big, like, it, to me, it just feels like more responsibility on me to have to, like, be like, oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. How are you doing? To, like, everybody, you know? Um, it's like, I, like, the, the ones that I liked most were the ones, like, that were just, like, a normal day, like, any other day. Like, I do like the celebrations, but right now it's not a time for celebration, I feel. So, like, I think next year is cool with that. All right, so we'll do a double celebration next year. Hey, yeah, we, we can all celebrate our birthdays next year. We'll do another trip somewhere. That's true. We'll do we'll do another Vegas trip, but I'll actually get fucked up this time. Actually, let's <laughs> hold off in Vegas to, like, 2025, maybe. 
because <laughs> of COVID still. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about how about like we'll go overseas? We'll do Japan or something. Down. I'm done. Let's do it. Or Korea. Okay. Oh, Korea. Korea's cheaper north. than Japan. North or south? North. Like, are you kidding me? Obviously north. Okay, good. I, I want to get a se- I want to get a selfie with Kim Jong Un before like you know, who knows. I, I hear he's dead. I hear they're uh, they're just putting him up as a public ruler, and it's his sister who's dictating right now. He can't die. I thought he can't. If he if he's immortal, that implies that he'll never die, right? So, come on, Tim, get your facts in order. <laughs> That's true. Kim Jong Un is a god. We have to worship him as such. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Cool. I feel bad though. Happy belated birthday, Tim. Fuck Thank me. you. And no worries at all, dude. Like I did not yeah. advertise it for a reason. <laughs> I just feel like, like for most birthdays, I don't like keep like a record of them for the most part. It's like more off of memory. And so unless Facebook reminds me, I don't like wish people happy birthday on social media anymore. Um, you barely even use social media, right? Like, yeah, so come off. it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. I guess we hung out in like Lake Tahoe. So in a way that was like a birthday celebration. That was a celebration. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my family is like a different tradition. We are very big on birthdays. Like it's like a grandiose day for that person. And it, it makes it worse because of 2020 that it still has to be like that way. Um, honestly, like I've recently, like in the past couple of years, haven't really enjoyed birthdays that much. So I would actually prefer it to be like just a, nor- a normal day and not even think about it. Um, but the problem is like, I'm here with my family and my family like cares about that day. And so it makes me feel like I'm supposed to care when I don't, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like a weird internal conflict that goes inside of me. And so um like my mom does this thing where like she makes cookie cakes every for every birthday and every every birthday so far for my brother and sister she's like created these like scavenger hunts for like around the house to like i don't celebrate i don't know but it's like fun it's creative and like we appreciate her for it but at the same time like it's so hard to feel appreciative when like everything sucks, like I'd rather be in slow with my friends or traveling or going to a new place in downtown LA. And I can't do any of that because of COVID. Um, and so it just kind of feels like why even celebrate if you're just going to feel like sad for missing out, you know? Right. And I feel like that's like, a really tough one. It's, it's not fear of missing out. It's SOMO. Sad, sad of missing out. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, yeah, you kind of like it's like a grieving process for your life. It's kind of I don't know if you'd like to see it that way, but some things you miss about things you would have done if COVID wasn't a thing, and uh, birthdays are one of them for me. So yeah, yeah. I'm feeling on that. It's rough. It's it's a little depressing. Um, but you know what? I think I think the key idea is things are going to get better. And, you know, and like, regardless of like birthday traditions, I think there's always next year is what I say. That's true. Okay. I have a self-promotion plug. So uh, what, is, right. what is it? Shameless promotion. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, so since we started recording this podcast, I have joined a program called Creator Institute. Um, and it's basically a program where, you have an idea for a book and then for new authors you have 10 months to write it and edit it and then it's published by the end of 10 months so that's what i've been working on in my free time um i'm really excited because it just says like it's a fun thing to work on during this whole situation and um hopefully by like next year i'll be a published author which is crazy to me um but yeah that's like my plug i i don't really have like a a title yet or anything like that but i it's about this idea i had like two years ago about cryptocurrency and so i want to write a book about it so that it makes sense to me but also to like a broader audience so the goal is to like be able to read it and not necessarily know anything about cryptocurrency going 
into it and then coming out of it like understanding enough um at the same time being excited about the future of crypto and uh this idea that i have so yeah i'm excited for to work on this book yeah awesome would you have a title uh well i don't want it to be too technical i i was thinking like crypto economics but then the title kind of felt too um textbooky <laughs> uh, i i don't know i was thinking maybe something like the next gold rush or something like that i like that i like that one a lot crypto uh, economics sounds like something you'd find in the back of a school library like you don't want that kind of title yeah i feel like the next like gold rush implies like people are like are like manic hyper like excited about gold right and so they're willing to travel across the world just to like have the prospect of prospecting gold <laughs> Dude, do you remember that there's like the 49ers we have a whole football team dedicated to just people that prospected gold the 49ers that was so, a whole thing yeah yeah it was like a cultural phenomenon and so it'd be cool to, to have like a book titled like the next gold rush and that like basically like amplifies that um that kind of feeling of being excited about the next prospect you know yeah i'm a fan and crypto you know it's it's one of those sectors that's really taken a, a disappearance over the last two years maybe um but according to that gartner hype curve it's going to come back in in huge waves uh, in the future especially right now when supply chains are all wonky it's very very big use case for that yeah, I don't know much about that, but that's why I'm doing research and I need to be a more credible author. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> By the end of it, I think I hope you can teach me about crypto. I'm excited to learn. Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there because like I'm in week two of the program and it's 10 months long. So um so far the only thing I've done is I've written like an inspiration um story, which is like what inspired you to write this book. Um so that's my first like exciting thing I've I've written as an author. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening uh Teeters and Tim. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um if you like to follow this journey, I'm sure I'll be posting it on social media at some point. But uh do you have anything you want to plug, Tim? This is for both of us. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, if anyone has an RTX 3080, I'm happy to buy it off of you for 700. Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to get anything more than that. Uh, but please, please, if you know how to write a bot to scalp these RTX 3080s, like I'll do a 3070 also. Just show me where to get them. Uh, I just want to buy one ASAP, please. Uh, that's do my plug. That's it. Do you want to explain to them why you want to buy this? <laughs> I think uh, it's important to know. <laughs> So it's a computer part that's uh, heavily, heavily sold out. It's like you can't find them on Best Buy, Amazon, anything. It launched like last month also. And it's been like consistently out of stock everywhere and I can't find it. Uh, my computer is almost done. I'm building a computer in my spare time, but it's the last remaining piece is the GPU, which is the 3080 or 3070 if anyone wants to send me that on launch. Please help me out. <laughs> yeah, I would like to second that. Uh, Tim's new hobby is to create a build his own computer. So uh, I like to support him in any way I can, but I'm not that person. So my way of supporting him is to tell you guys, the listeners, please support Tim. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my that's my plug is support Tim and his Mecca computer, right? Like, oh, Mecca, like Mecca Streisand Mecca. from South Park. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally watch South Park and I'm totally familiar with that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, I think that's a, a good chunk of time for a podcast today. Fine. We accomplished a lot. We talked about the election, played some fun, would you rather games and then, uh, other, what did we end on? Just the, what we just talked about. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, this is episode three. I think, uh, next episode, we're going to have a third person, Hi, get it? See what I did there? So I think we're going to invite our friend Alexa. Alexa is one of our college friends, and she was very excited to listen to our podcast and said that she is a very proud teeter. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be fun to like kind of banter with uh, our, our friend Alexa. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you look, you have that to look forward to a new type of podcast three, a threesome, if you will. Yeah. I will. You know what? When Alexa joins here, I, uh, I, I hope she has not heard to say that, <laughs> but also very excited to catch up with Alexa. Virtual threesome is fine. That's, that's not bad. Why, why don't we make it a foursome? We'll just invite like who, like Nick. He <laughs> can just be in the background to make sure we're not like get going out of line, you know? <laughs> Nick is on mute. He's not talking. He's just there. <laughs> yeah. Supervisory. He'll, he'll just yell out like, uh, our, our word or safe word when we need to like edit something out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be funny. Okay. So yeah, that's our, that's our podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Look forward to our next one with Alexa and uh, yeah. Hope you have a good week. Um, hopefully if you guys don't hear from us in like the next two weeks or so that Trump is out of office by the next time we like publish. So fingers crossed. November third, no more Trump. That's my that's my wish for for everyone. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, theaters. Have a have a great week, weekend, and year. Peace out. All right, peace.